0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Brutal Brothers Podcast. You got Eric and Kyle. I was reminiscing on all of the incredible instructors that I've been fortunate enough to have in my life, and it got me thinking: what makes a good martial arts instructor?
1: Hmm. I think ego has a lot to do with it, in my books. Okay, right. Ego. Will you have an egoic? instructor and they make all of the teachings about themselves mm. and how tough they are and how strong they are and how they can beat up everybody in the class, I generally find that's very hard to follow along with. The energy's wrong. You don't want to learn. It's not conducive to exploring your own body movements and mm-hmm. mechanics. And you're stuck just watching this person almost show off
0: yeah and i i feel like there is a correlation between how much people know and and the ability to teach it obviously i mean to be an instructor by definition you need to have something to teach Mm -hmm. but to your point on ego some of the best teachers teach without it being egoic the teachings come through them they're the they are the conduit of which the lessons come out of and they're the conductors of the experience which is not easy to do no and you can't can you teach someone
1: to be a good teacher a lot of it probably is natural and instinctive yeah I do find people learn really well through stories. And when a teacher tells the appropriate story and relates what they're teaching Mm -hmm. to an event or an experience, it's so much easier to follow along because you're like, ah, I understand. You can place yourself within the teaching and be like, I get it. One thing I really don't like is when a teacher doesn't give you very much time to play or practice the skills, right? In martial arts, sometimes you'll have a teacher who's like, "Then you do this? And then you'll do this. And then you'll demonstrate this. And then this, and they'll give you 30 seconds to mess around with the skill. And then they're back on teaching again. I really enjoy teachers that allow self-discovery. Yes. Through movement and mm-hmm. let you sit in it and
0: play with it a lot yeah let you get stuck so that you have the information to ask the right question hey i'm not getting this lock or this i'm not getting finding the center of balance oh it's because you need to take a step out you know there's when you find something that's not working it arms you with the information to ask the right question to get you to where you want to be that's really true
1: and I've experienced teachers who are very structured yeah. and have everything organized and it works. Mm-hmm. And I've also experienced teachers who are very free flowing and go off the energy of the class and read the room. So to say that a teacher needs to be super organized and have their whole curriculum laid out down to the minutia, versus somebody who's like, okay, what does everybody feel like doing today? I've had good experience with both how about you
0: yeah absolutely and I think it comes down to the style like there's no doubt that there is a lot of value in progression in the lessons where you're starting off all right you know the next couple weeks we as a class are going to start focusing on this area whatever that might be and it and everybody's learning together and you're building it piece by piece in an organized and structured way and then sometimes you know, there's classes where you're, you're right. There's, it's a, it's whatever comes up. And then somebody did something which opened up an entirely new scenario or a new situation and you, you fed off it. And what, it, and a, a student asks, what if this happens? Great question. Let's explore it. Yeah. And it's more of that freestyle discovery. I, again, I have experienced both and both have been incredibly valued. So I think there is value in both styles.
1: Who would you say the most meticulous martial arts instructor you've experienced in your journey is? I want to see if it's the same as what I think.
0: Hmm. Probably my first Taekwondo instructor as a kid. Really? Very structured, very, you know, it was very disciplined, very, you're late. You know, like that, there was etiquette. There was, it was was strict, but it was also loving. Hmm. And it was very structured.
1: I would say Mark Makita. Oh yeah, nice for sure He's really structured When we got to train with him He is literally a mad scientist Yeah Almost genius level type of brain How he approaches martial arts And the detail Mm -hmm. that he goes into Mm -hmm. things And the history that he collects Like for me he was the most Detail oriented martial arts instructor I've ever come across And it was amazing learning from him and on the opposite side of things, I would say the most free-flowing instructor I've had was Sensei J. Creasy. Yeah, yeah. And from him, that free-flowingness allowed the classes to be very intimate and real and connect. And he started our mindset mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. Very organic. Yes. And what I loved about
0: his classes as well is, yeah, we would all be sweating our bags off and near the end of the class, the last, you know, 30, 25 minutes, we would cool down and all of a sudden, whatever comes up, wow, whatever metaphor of life, that the technique we were working on can relate to our personal lives. And before you know it, everyone's mind is blown. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I love, I love the philosophy side of the teachings as well. I get so much out of those talks and the ancient wisdom that's been passed down through the arts That's one of the most beautiful things to me about martial arts is gleaning wisdom that is locked in the art that was passed down and is a traceable lineage. Their teacher taught them, taught them, taught them, taught them. And now you lucky mofo get to learn from this thousand year old lineage, the lessons that have been taught to every
1: member of the school, which I think is so cool. And in the martial arts, it's a little bit different than, say, fitness or other professions where most of the time the head martial artist is the entrepreneur that owns the place as well and is responsible for everything that happens within the space. It's very rare do you have a big giant facility... That's a dojo where multiple martial artists train in and Mm -hmm. then you go and you can train with different ones. That's not as common. Yeah. So one thing in the martial arts that I really value about teachers is their ability to make a community and environment that is comfortable to train in, that doesn't have a whole bunch of people who have egos or people trying to ruin the lesson or people try to throw in their two cents and just completely kill the energy Mm -hmm. of the space Mm -hmm. they control and command the space and it operates in the way that they've designed that's important yeah
0: because how often have you been in classes where there's just too many cooks in the kitchen oh my goodness you know where yes and it's it's difficult because they have valid points to make but you know they're not the head chef. They're not designing
1: the menu here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you could almost feel that they're trying to prove themselves as like, I know what I'm talking about. And you yeah. can do it this way also yeah. where you just want to practice and learn also to the role of like a dojo enforcer and setting that up. Like you don't want some random person to come into the school, act all tough and challenge people and start getting into like real fights mm-hmm. and and causing damage to some of the the younger belts in the class so structuring your students and knowing their roles like you know some schools have a dojo cho, some have the person that's the the enforcers yeah you you know your role within a mm-hmm. within a dojo yeah. community and you climb the ranks but that is like any good team sport as well too right, right? yeah you have your captain You have your assistant captain you have the person that's responsible for particular things Mm -hmm. that's how come these team sports operate so well is because everybody knows their role within the environment of the the sport right down to the person that knows that they're responsible for bringing water on the field Mm -hmm.
0: yeah that's a good point so it it seems like it has to strike the right balance between the structure and the freedom for organic experiences to take place
1: now, do you think an instructor can be good at teaching high performance athletes and also just like general population people who are looking to work out and train and get a little bit of an experience in martial arts? Or do you think that they're two separate different types of coaches or trainers or senseis? Yeah,
0: I mean, I think there's, there is there elite level instructors that, yeah, probably get bored teaching white belts. You know, mm-hmm. they want to Work with a a complete assassin, you know, and it be their life's work. And that's the path they go on, right? Mm -hmm. Because I I could see a lot of elite coaches probably, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I'll guarantee there's a lot of elite level coaches that don't really have time or care to want to teach beginners. They've just that era of their journeys over and they want to focus on that elite level uh,
1: of teaching. And I also wonder too, how many teachers want to teach the elite level. But if you were to look at the cash flow of any most most martial arts businesses, the generally the income comes from teaching kids, right? Yeah. the kids program. That's usually the biggest program within the school, and these teachers have to be good with teaching youth. Mm-hmm. It's almost a requirement for owning a school or having somebody within your program that's good at that. Even when we went to the Jackson Wink Academy, they teached, they taught um, the high level people and they had their specific times where they're training and learning, but they also had a general population program which paid the bills, which catch the lights on. And the nice thing about that place, they also had the incredible adaptive MMA program, which was for special needs and so it's such an interesting dynamic of being a teacher Mm -hmm. I think one of the hardest things to do is to be focused on being a teacher whilst at the same time trying to keep the lights on it's two different energies you know you need to do what's popular trendy in tune with the latest trend or how to get more people in class or this sales funnel in order to keep your business going Mm -hmm. but at the same time you know what works and you know the system pattern and programming that people need but it's hard work to do that and most people don't like to put in hard work to get the things that they want so it's a constant battle between getting sales, making sure my dojo stays open versus how the heck do I teach people the, the right way, the true, the true way.
0: Yeah. And how much do you think pushing your students is, makes a teacher great or not? Can, cause I've worked with some instructors like Dude, they're just, they're pushing too hard. And it's, it's like, it's almost not conducive. I've seen some students that can't handle that kind of pressure mm-hmm. and other students really excel. And then, how much is pushing the students uh, a reflection of their
1: efficacy? I think the best in business are amazing at reading their student because different people respond to different stimulus. Some people will respond amazingly to pressure and you push them, push them, push them, and it produces results. Mm-hmm and they're going places where i see that's with ella like ella is our um budo youth fund athlete and she operates way differently than the standard kid she's in tournaments all the time she's putting in work she's constantly criticizing and critiquing her skills but she has big ambitions yes and she responds well to that being pushed yep Whereas if you had a kid who loves to play PlayStation and is kind of doing martial arts on the side, maybe they don't need all of that. Mm-hmm. They just need to show up and be in the environment, and they're going to glean the the um, the skills and the, the the tools that they want.
0: Yeah, and they have to grow too, though, right? That yes. and growth requires a certain amount of pressure.
1: Otherwise, we're just going to be comfort dwelling hermits Mm -hmm. you know one thing i really like that i saw is with old school martial artists and there's a few martial artists today that still stick to these principles that draw a hard line like these are the rules of the dojo and if you break it you're gone yeah you're out and kids aren't used to that no and they generally respond well to it yeah (laughs) <laughs> like, when they have their boundaries, they just, yes, yeah. it
0: discipline and structure kids we saw it in when we were teaching our the kids program, yeah. you know the more we cracked the whip and uh, had structure, but still allowed fun, you know it doesn't mean you can't have fun and it doesn't mean you can smile, but you have to be safe and you can't do stupid things, and you can't put other kids at risk and there, when there is a line that's drawn, everyone hears about it, and everyone's doing
1: push ups right. Drawing lines is important. I'll never forget in my childhood, you know, around the high school era, there's this kid, he was, we were out camping and there was a hunter. He left this like deer foot. It was cut off and it was like sitting out. And this kid was going around poking everybody with this dead deer, deer, deer foot. foot. <laughs> okay. And I was like, I drew a line. I was like, if you poke me with that dead deer foot, I'm going to grab your face and put it in that puddle over there. And he wasn't a very big kid. He's just like one of those little bratty guys. He comes up and just, I didn't move. He slowly, slowly tested me, tested, tested me and touched me with the deer foot just like a millimeter. But I knew I set that line. So I grabbed the dude by the back (laughs) of the neck, walked him over that puddle and stuck his face in. But guess what? He didn't bother anybody with that deer foot for the rest of the the camping trip. (laughs) There's consequences. There's consequences. As an adult, there's consequences. If you go to the bar Mm. or you go to a nightclub or you go to a situation and you push somebody the wrong way, it can end up terribly for you. Yep. If you don't realize that your actions have consequences it is a detriment to you in the future. And the fact that we are taking that experience away from kids where their actions do not have consequences, they're learning those hard lessons in the future. And sometimes those lessons are irreversible. Big time and have results that you can't turn back. Yeah. That's true. That's why martial arts needs to be in schools. Absolutely. That is a goal that we wanted to push later in, like, Buddha Brothers Challenge. If you have a child
0: and they have not tried martial arts as a parent, the Buddha Brothers Challenge is to suggest the possibility of them trying. Pick, and, and, you know, at the age of beginning, you know, five to seven to ten years old, it really comes down to the instructor. We get asked every time, what's the best martial art to put my kid in? Really, for a kid who's never learned how to use their body in a way that is, has to do with martial arts, <laughs> the, the style is, doesn't have as much to do with it as it does the instructor. Teaching the right things, having the right program, striking the right balance between structure and fluidity And having a a class that is conducive to learning, that's supportive, yet challenging, all the right mix, find the right instructor and suggest the option because the child has to want to try it. They have to want to a good hack, watch Karate Kid or, you know, get them in the mood. Hey, You you should try that. You should try karate. It works like a charm, I swear. And Karate Kid's making a comeback, by the way.
1: It already has came <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, totally. Definitely. So that's
0: the Buddha Brothers Challenge. If you have a child, as a parent, suggest they try martial arts.
1: Love that. All right, until next week. Till next week.